Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So a while ago, we talked about how rock and roll music helped take down communism in Europe during during a, the Cold War, which I'll, I'll have us talk about again in a second. But we briefly mentioned something called the Berlin Wall, but we really didn't get a chance to expand on what the Berlin Wall is. So I thought we could take a whole episode and kind of talk about, you know, what is this thing? So before we dive in, I want you guys to imagine for a second that the United States was divided into two parts. And everyone who supported individual liberty, like everyone listening to this show, obviously, lived <laughs> in the West. And everyone who, you know, believed in Bernie Sanders or socialism lived in the eastern part of the country, like where I live. So like I was going to say the good guys. Well, yeah, the good guys. So they live, you know, Connor, where you are out West and, and, and you know, the others live out, out East where I live. But let's imagine instead of just people living in separate areas, they actually put up a wall so you couldn't interact with the other people. That sounds ridiculous, right? Like that, that just sounds like, okay, like we all disagree, but we don't need to go to that extreme. However, this is actually exactly what happened in Germany after World War II during an era called the Cold War. Connor, I think I put you on the spot in the last episode we talked about this in, but can you give just very brief, very basic explanation of what the Cold War was? Sure. So after World War II, um, the, the, there were basically two major superpowers, two countries that dominated the world. Uh, one was the United States and the other was the Soviet Union or what today is Russia. And they became rivals and each one uh, was seeking to prevent the other one from gaining too much power. So there were these years and years and years of tension, very strong tension at times that existed between these countries. And, and even though the conflict did not result in like actual war between the countries, it's called a cold war because there were some tiny, you know, there were some battles, there was a lot of political uh, like tension between the countries. Uh, war almost happened, you know, more than once. Uh, but it's called a cold war because it was basically fighting without like this massive war happening. No, that's exactly right. Yes, thank you. So the Cold War is the backdrop. It's the setting for, for the Berlin Wall coming to be. So post-World War II, Germany was divided. There was you know, the east side and the west side. And like you talked about, there were two superpowers that emerged, USSR, that's Soviet Union or Russia as it is now, and America. So when German Germany was divided, uh, the USSR, Russia, or Soviet Union, whatever you want to call it, we'll call it the USSR for this episode, they were heavily influenced, influencing the eastern side. So they kind of had control over the eastern side. And the U.S. had control over the Western side. So tensions were eventually, they, they got to a breaking point, And the two sections of Germany were just so different. And they were under two different rules that it, it, was, it was getting pretty, pretty chaotic. So the East side decided they needed to protect their people from what they called a fascist influence. And I say fascist in quotations because what they were really calling fascist was, was this kind of free market capitalism influence, which was actually helping Germany get out of their post-war you know, economic depression. The economy was starting to boom because America came in and they were having you know these western influence brought in 
So eventually the eastern side decides to literally erect a wall that's separating East Berlin, Berlin Wall being the, the capital. That is the capital of Germany. Did I just say the wrong thing? It is Berlin. I was like, is it Munich? No, it's it's Berlin. So it's right in the center of Berlin and it's separating East Berlin from West Berlin, but that's also separating the country into well, can I can I pause, Brittany? Because I think yeah. one thing's important to to, to uh, emphasize or clarify. So not only was Germany as a country divided between the two superpowers, but then Berlin was as well. But Berlin was inside uh, East Germany, where the the Soviets kind of controlled the east side of Germany. So they split up the country, but then the superpowers also split up the um, the city of Berlin itself. And so it was split into four, right? Um, I think it was split into four. And Germany had the right, the east side of Berlin. And then on the west side, it was split between America, uh, Britain, and then the French. And eventually, those three countries all combined uh, together because they were all allies of, you know, capitalism and freedom and whatnot. And so it became West Berlin and East Berlin. And that wall you're mentioning was just within the city, but the city itself was inside uh, Eastern Germany, which the Soviets controlled. And so... The Soviets then uh, shut down like the railways and the roads to to get from West Germany to to West Berlin, right? Because think about it: you're let's say you're American troops and you're kind of protecting West Berlin, but you're surrounded by East Germany. You're a little city in a bigger area controlled by Soviets, and so the Soviets shut down the roads, shut down the railway. So the only way to get people in and out and supplies in and out were by plane. And so they had to 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 uh, rely on air travel uh, to to get into uh, West Berlin. But anyways, to back to the wall. The wall was between the two parts of Berlin, which was again surrounded by Soviet-controlled East Germany. It's kind of a weird, interesting dynamic how they split up the country, but then they also split up the the capital city of Berlin. So, Connor, would that have been the Eastern Bloc, not just the part of Berlin, but the whole part that was controlled by Soviet Union? I might be wrong on that, but I remember that term being important. Right. Yeah. So it, you had kind of this control of the eastern half of the country by the Soviets and then the eastern half of the capital city. Kind of weird how they broke it up. Thank you for explaining that because I was a little bit confused. So tell me, Connor, about, you know, the families that lived on either side of the wall. Oh, man. I mean, I think that's one of the saddest parts about this. Um, you know, <laughs> you couldn't really go pay a visit to people on the other side. I mean, it was basically impossible. There were guard towers to uh, make sure that no one from the eastern side could leave um, they they basically built the wall not just to keep keep the capital the filthy capitalists out of east <laughs> berlin it was to keep people in i mean there were people in east berlin who would try and escape right they wanted to flee to go join their family or or to you know find freedom and whatnot and so, of course, as we've talked about before, one of the important aspects of individual liberty is freedom of movement. Yes. And if, you, if you're not free to like go where you want and visit who you want and travel where you want, then you're not really free. And, and this freedom in Eastern Germany, as I said, was, was nearly non-existent. I mean, there were secret spies. Uh, people were being taught that, you know, capitalism is evil and the West is evil. And, you know, they were cut off from the rest of the world. They, they couldn't even really see for themselves, you know, what what the West, what capitalism really had to offer. And as we said, like many families were separated uh, and without this freedom to, to visit, to travel, they they remained separated. And 
you know, people were trying to escape the wall. Some, some people didn't make it. There was barbed wire. There were snipers, yeah. dogs, all these things. And, uh, you know, there were people who lived in Eastern Germany, but worked in the West. They were, I mean, almost immediately cut off from their source of income, even before the wall was, was fully built. There were guards preventing people from getting out. Um, there were actually, I think, four stages of this wall being uh, fully built. So the first is is that they set up like this wire fence and a, a big like concrete block wall that was which in... doesn't take long as we saw during the you know capital riots on the six. They sure. can erect barricades pretty quickly. Yeah. So that was in 1961, and then they spent a few years improving or or tightening, strengthening, making more thick the wire fence. And then they spent about a decade improving the concrete wall all up and down Berlin. They'd, they'd make it more robust. They'd build it really strong and thick. And then um, they had this period of time for a while where they had, it was called, I think, Border Wall 75. And they had this, this zone in the middle. They, as, as we said before, there were like towers with snipers yeah. and, and dogs. They had this like zone uh, within which they would have the military there kind of policing uh, the border. And so this wasn't a temporary thing. I mean, this was a multi-decade uh, experience for the people in Berlin. One thing that really interests me a lot is it reminds me a lot of the North and South Korea, you know, episode we did where you have two places right next to each other, but the difference is night and day. You know, people in, in North Korea have talked about, or people in, sorry, South Korea have talked about at nighttime, there are no lights in North Korea because there is no electricity, right? It's literally night and day. When you look at the two countries, you you wouldn't think they were near each other at all. And it was very similar on in Berlin because you had one country that was actually thriving. You know, there was economic growth, jobs were being created. On the other side, it was as if time not only stood still, but if society went back in time, you know, Western clothes were were frowned upon and not worn jeans. You know, you couldn't really wear jeans. Rock and roll was illegal. You had to listen to, you know, old school country folk music. So this this was, you know, the war had ended years ago. But for many people, especially those living in Germany, it kind of felt like an extension of this oppression they were already experiencing. And in the beginning, you know, no one was allowed to visit the other side. Now, after a few years, Westerners, so Western Berlin uh, folks were allowed to come visit the East for like a day or two at a time, but that was only if they were able to secure a visa. And as you can imagine, getting the visa, which is basically like a ticket or like a card that says I'm allowed to travel into your country, getting that was not easy. Um, And with very few exceptions, Eastern Germans were, you know, never allowed to leave because imagine if they let you go for a day, are you going to come back? (laughs) Like, I think most people would probably go into hiding. And so that was too much of of a risk for them. At least if Westerners were coming to visit a family member, like they don't want to stay there. Nobody wants to stay there, which should tell you something about communism. But so many in the people, people in the West tried to help. Obviously, that wasn't so easy. Rock and roll musicians would would set up concerts right next to the wall. And so they would do like these like, you know, because remember, they don't have music like this in the East either. So they would do this as kind of a unifying, like, let's bring the country together. But also like, this is what you're missing out on. Listen to this music. So that that was a big thing at the time. I think David Bowie was one of them. I might have that wrong. No, it was David Bowie. He did it at a concert. And so did. What's his name? Hasselhoff. He was like a star in the 80s. Who had like Baywatch one... guy? Yes, the Baywatch guy yep. also. Yeah, he did a concert. And again, this guy had one hit and he's like the biggest nerd ever. So that's funny. Um, eventually, though, shocking, communism failed. 
Eastern Germany was suffering from extreme economic problems. And, you know, when other countries also began to fall, it became obvious that the Berlin Wall was not going to be sustained. So in 1989 is when it finally came down. So let's think about this. It was erected in 1961. It finally comes down in 1989. And while that might seem like a very long time ago to our younger listeners, you know, for, for Connor and I, we were alive when that happened. I don't remember it. I was too young, but I was alive. But, you know, people on both sides, when that happened, people were crying, they were celebrating, they were singing together. It was this really beautiful moment in history that also signaled that, you know, the Cold War was finally coming to an end. I think, though, for people in East Germany, it was still hard, you know, to get used to a new world that they'd been kept from for nearly 30 years. I mean, there's people like like North Korea, right? Yeah. Imagine North Korea, poof, you know, you travel wherever you want, talk to whoever you want. And, and they come out and they're like, what has happened to the world? And, and when the wall went down, you know, capitalism really just flooded the eastern parts of the country. I mean, for many people, I think it was an easier adjustment. They craved that freedom and innovation. But many of the older people struggled. No, and that's I'm glad you brought that up because there's a movie I love. It's a German film, probably not for kids, maybe for older teens, but obviously I, I think parents, you know, watch it first. It's called Goodbye Lenin. And I love it because it is a fictional story, but it talks about the, the final days of the Berlin Wall being up. And it's about a family whose mother is a big communist uh, advocate. And she goes into a coma days before the wall comes down. And then she gets out of the coma. And, and while she's in the coma, she's in the coma for months. The kids have completely westernized themselves. And they're mm. doing great. The, the daughter has dropped out of college and is working at McDonald's. But she's actually making good money and buying stuff and dressing like at the American kids. And, and the, the kid is now installing cable TV in people's houses. Like they're the epitome of westerners now. But their mom gets out of the hospital. And because she's so frail, they have to convince her that the wall is still up. So they can't let her out of the room. They have to record old uh, Eastern European, like they have to record old TV shows somehow and like show her those. And I think it was videotapes were brand new. So they were able to do that. They have to go find food that they're no longer selling in Germany and pretend that they're buying it from like an Eastern Berlin store. So they have to go through all these things. But there's a great moment where the kids leave and they had just put up a Coca-Cola billboard across the street from their house. And the mom looks out the window and she sees this giant, you know, beacon of capitalism, this sign, this giant Coca-Cola sign and passes out and is freaking out. But um, but the movie is really great because even though Hollywood is generally or even the film industry, whether it's Hollywood or, you know, Germany tends to be pretty anti-capitalism. This film really shows what happened when when Eastern Berlin was able to embrace the free market, how everyone's life got better. So mm. fascinating movie. Highly, highly recommend the parents give it a watch. You you mentioned uh, earlier, Brittany, that, you know, you and I were alive when this happened. I think that's what makes this story so crazy. I mean, this really wasn't that long ago. And, and you know, even though there are horror stories of people who lived in the eastern side of the wall, there's still people today who think we should give socialism and communism a try. I'm like, you people are crazy, you know, but we already know what happens when communism takes over. It never goes well. It's always destruction. It's always economic impoverishment. You know, this is such an important story to learn about because it's in our recent past. This isn't some thing from 200 years ago in a yeah. world long forgotten. This is in recent memory. There are people go, go ask your grandparents about what it was like for them, what they felt and thought when the Berlin Wall came down, what it meant to them and their friends, what, what you know, experiences they had. Uh, you know, you can watch YouTube videos of people who grew up, right, in the eastern side of Germany, in East Berlin, and, and 
and the suffering they had. Imagine again, like it's like North Korea today. Uh, you know, poof, uh, the the leadership you know goes away. They lift all the restrictions, and and imagine what we would think about all those people wanting to find ways to help, wanting companies wanting to go set up and sell to those people, create jobs, help them, you know. Uh, restore their lives and get their lives in Start order. Start their lives, really. They've never Start. had them, yeah. Right, and so it would be, I think, a, a similar equivalent of seeing these people suffer so much and be deprived and propagandized. Um, but this, you know, story of the uh, Berlin Walls in our recent past, go look up some videos, you know, for the parents, like uh, Brittany said, you watch Goodbye Lenin. There's so many resources out there, but this didn't happen long ago. And I think for that reason, it's especially interesting for us to learn more about and, and see how this can happen in our day, too, because it didn't happen that long ago. And there's plenty of people today who want us to go back in that direction, which is just nuts. So to that end, you guys got homework to do. Hope you enjoy. Thanks, as always, for listening. Brittany, great conversation. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.